Thank you for joining the Dark Light Podcast. Here at the Dark Light Podcast, you will find information about the absolute truth. Hang on tight as we go to discover the light in the darkness. The truth. The truth is never really on the surface. The obvious is not where the truth actually lies. In a world of spirituality, there are nuances that cannot be ignored. It is a fact that in spite of the United States being called a Protestant Christian nation, there is no longer any Protestants on the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is filled with Jews and Roman Catholics. Of course, the first response everybody has is, well, we can't question people about their religion. We're a free country. But wait, aren't we supposed to be a Protestant country? For some reason, people have forgotten the truth. The truth of the matter is that Christianity did not arise from Roman Catholic anything. Christianity arose from Jesus the Christ and his teachings about God, the Eternal Father. And Jesus the Christ was a Jew. Judaism has become both a political identity as well as a religious theological identity. You can be a professed Jew and at the same time be an atheist. Ask Benjamin Netanyahu. So just because you invoke the name of God and you wear a hamaka when you go to the Wailing Wall doesn't make you a religious Jew. Doesn't even make you religious. You're still an atheist. Frog number one. So let me be clear. Anytime a person says anything which can be perceived as negative towards the Jewish faith, the Jewish people, the Jewish nation, or the politics of the Jews, you get labeled with words like anti-Semite. It is very important that we understand the truth. The truth is not a label. The truth is something that we must hold on to. Facts must be established in order for us to arrive at the right conclusions. Truth is not an opinion. So when we ask the question, 
Why are there no more Protestants on the Supreme Court of the United States? The answer is very complex. But suffice it to say, everything that was laid down while the Protestants were on the bench, the Supreme Court of the United States, is now being reviewed, questioned, and potentially thrown out. In favor of what? Oh, the Roman Catholic position. You think I'm just making this up? Well, I suggest that you go and look carefully at any statement from any leader within the Roman Catholic Church as to their position on when life begins. Yes, we're talking about when does life begin. Yes, people have jumped the fence and started railing about abortion, pro-abortion, anti-abortion, pro-life. All of these arguments originate with the simple question of when does life begin? It is extremely important that we follow logically the questions and the answers. Because based on the question that you ask, your answer will be different. If you ask the question to a person, do you believe in God? Someone like Albert Einstein, who was a Jew, but an atheist at the same time, or at best, an agnostic. The way that Einstein explained God was a mathematical, scientific formula which held the universe together. And that formula, to Einstein, in his own words, was the ethereal God element. So make no mistake, when scientists and many theologians and philosophers describe God, they're not actually talking about a personal creator. They're not talking about someone who can communicate and talk back to you and give you instructions and write a book or have people write down their thoughts for them or even come to earth as a man. Can't happen because their concept of God doesn't include those parameters. The United States Constitution clearly says that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, which some of these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The assumption, the fact that is set down, that is laid down in the United States Constitution right from the first preamble to the Constitution is that Creator God exists and that Creator God is the founder and instigator and source of natural law, a.k.a. life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let me be clear. If you sidestep this basic fact, you can never arrive at the truth. The Roman Catholic Church is not 
the originator of Christianity. The Roman Catholic Church is not the only organization that believes in supreme authority. Islam also states that everyone, when they die, they become Muslims. Because in Islam, there are no other options. There are no other religions. There are no other gods. So we must ask ourselves the question, why is it that the United States of America, the United States Constitution, has been understood to hold a position about the rights and privacy and sanctity of life itself. We hear the term Roe v. Wade bantered about, but seldom explained for what it actually is. The idea that your personal, private rights can be violated, can be abridged, can be altered, is antithetical to the United States Constitution. Put another way, the question of when does life begin must be considered from one point of view, and that point of view is God's point of view. Not the Pope's point of view, not the Imam's point of view. Not Billy Graham, the great Christian evangelist, point of view. Not even John Calvin, the great reformers, point of view. These are all man-made points of view. So we must ask the question, what's God's point of view? Back in the day, the reason why Judaism became so powerful, so all-encompassing, is because Jehovah, God, the Creator, God, had a chosen people. He started with the Abraham covenant. And from Abraham, we get the three major religions in the world. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. What we most often fail to recognize is that Christianity was a development, a further development of Judaism. Out of Judaism, Christianity grew. Christianity came to life because of the teachings of the Jewish perspective reiterated and explained in great detail by Jesus the Christ. 
Jesus the Christ clearly stated that not one jot or one tittle will in no wise pass from the law, the Torah, until all is fulfilled, till heaven and earth pass away. Not one jot or one tittle will in no wise pass from the law. Heaven and earth are still here. We must understand that Christianity and hence the American United States government system was originally prepared and formed out of the Protestant Christian notions. Not the Roman Catholic notions, oh no, but the Protestant Christian notions. It is true that atrocities have been committed since time immemorial. It is true that there were times when the United States Constitution was interpreted to be extremely restrictive and violently opposed to minorities such as blacks, Native Americans, Asians, and others who did not fit the preconceived model of later politicians. But the United States Constitution was written in such a way that those errors and subsequent rulings had a process by which they can be overturned. Fast forward to today. There is large groups of people, religious people, spiritual people, leaders both in the Roman Catholic Church and in the Protestant churches that are so opposed to the idea of abortion that they have failed to ask the original question, when does life begin? It is extremely important that we don't kid ourselves and jump the fence prematurely and come up with the wrong conclusion based on the facts. And so the facts that we have in front of us must be carefully understood. And the first fact is that Protestants do not or should not get their instructions, their theology from the Pope in Rome. The premise and position, the fundamental difference between Catholics and Protestants is that Protestants claim to get their faith and their beliefs from the Bible alone. Whereas in Roman Catholicism and other Orthodox churches, such as the Greek Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox Church, which are breakaways from the Roman Catholic Church, they insist that two things form the foundation of their theology, and that is Scripture as interpreted by the church fathers. 
This distinction is so important that it cannot be overlooked by politicians, theologians, or the common person walking the street. We must understand that based on your original perspective, the truth will either be obfuscated or will be brought to light. So the question that we should be asking ourselves is when does life begin? Specifically, when does life begin in the Jewish system? The Jehovah God-given Jewish system versus the Protestant versus the Roman Catholic versus other Orthodox religions. If we do not make this distinction and if we do not approach the subject at hand in this manner, all bets are off. It's a lost cause. Because now you're starting from the wrong position. And if you start from the wrong position and you make assumptions, your conclusions will always be wrong. Your conclusions can never be right if you don't start from the original statement of fact. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the problem with scientists. They don't believe that. So they say, in the beginning, there was a big bang. And then maybe billions of years later, God decided to mucky-muck around and do something with the earth. And that was the position of Billy Graham, a Protestant Baptist minister. And he influenced millions of people to believe that science, falsely so-called, and religion, falsely so-called, could somehow be united. And if we stir the pot hard enough, we'll come up with gumbo soup, and we'll call that the truth. Well, that's a flat-out lie. Nothing of the sort exists. So let me be clear. If we want to know the truth, the truth as it is in Jesus the Christ, the truth of the Word of God, the truth as spoken by Jehovah, we must start at the beginning and look at the facts which come from the Word of God, not the babblings of some person who claims to be the head of any church. It is time that we get serious and look at the facts. Exodus 21 verse 22 from the Dewey Rames Bible. If men quarrel and one strike a woman with child and she miscarry indeed, but live herself, he shall be answerable for so much damage as the woman's husband shall require and as arbiters shall award. Breitbart.com published an article referring to Pope Francis and his position on when life begins. Pope Francis reaffirmed the fundamental right to life of unborn human beings in an address Monday 
to members of the diplomatic corps accredited to the Holy See. So let's just look at that statement for a second. And let's understand that there are so many assumptions in that statement that it's laughable. First of all, how do we arrive at the idea that there is a holy see? That means there must be a holy pope. That means there must be a holy church. Do we find any of that in the Holy Bible? The answer is no. Nowhere in the Bible does it make anything human, holy. Nothing has been sanctified by God that is human derived. God alone can make something holy. One of the reasons Protestantism arose early on in the days of people like Martin Luther is because the church, the Roman Catholic Church, made claims to holiness which alone belongs to God. So in his address to members of a specific group, we reiterate the idea that because the Roman Catholic Church considers itself to be the Holy Mother Church, therefore, It is the Holy See on which the Pope rides. Nothing could be further from the biblical truth. But further on, Pope Francis, in his own words, said, that it is painful to note that under the pretext of guaranteeing presumed subjective rights, a growing number of legal systems in our world seem to be moving away from their inalienable duty to protect human life at every one of its phases. So let me interpret that for you. Pope Francis is reiterating the standard which has been put forward by the Roman Catholic Church for hundreds, if not thousands of years, which is that life begins at conception. And because the Roman Catholic Church is arguably the largest Christian denomination with the largest bank account, with the largest group of cardinals and bishops, we make the assumption that they speak for all of Christendom. Nothing could be further from the truth. The question we must ask ourselves is, why today, with all of the information that we have, why is the Roman Catholic Church so insistent on decrying inalienable rights which are protected, not created, protected by the United States Constitution. That's what St. Pope Francis said. 
He's suggesting that the United States Constitution has assumed rights, not inalienable rights. And yet it is the inalienable duty of politicians to protect the position of the Roman Catholic Church. Enter the United States Supreme Court. I ask you again, why are there no Protestants left on the Supreme Court? But the deeper question that we must ask ourselves is, which came first? The Roman Catholic Church or the people of God, the Jewish nation back in the day when God chose Abraham to be his representative here on earth. Well, the obvious answer is that Christianity arose out of Judaism and therefore Judaism must be looked at carefully and their standard must be evaluated carefully to understand its relationship to the God model. We know the model used by the Roman Catholic Church and its followers and hence all of its daughters, other church denominations which follow in the footsteps of the Roman Catholic Church. We know their position because it is stated clearly by the Pope himself. But the question we should ask ourselves is, what's the position of the Jewish rabbinical religious perspective? And then compare that perspective with the Word of God. When we read in any literature coming from the rabbis, the rabbinical schools, Judaism, any of them, the first question that is answered in Judaism 101 is stated here in my jewishlearning.com look it up jewish my jewishlearning.com it's entitled the beginning of life in judaism let us first establish the time that a fetus legally acquires the status equal to an adult human being. The Talmud states, in part, that if the greater part was already born, one may not touch it, for one may not set aside one's person's life for that of another. Thus, the act of birth changes the status of the fetus from a non-person to a person. The word is nefesh. So, let me interpret. According to the Jewish Talmud, the rabbinical writings of the interpretation of the scholars of the translators of the Old Testament Bible is simply that according to their understanding of God's word a human being only has life after they are born after 
they are breathing on their own, apart from their mother. The beginning of life occurs for the Jewish rabbi, for the Jewish convert, for the Jewish spiritual adherent at birth. So now we can clearly see that there is an issue between the Roman Catholic position and the definition of when life begins and the definition given by the Word of God in conjunction with the Talmud and the rabbinical law. The word nefesh is very important here because the word nefesh has been used and translated as the word soul. So when the Roman Catholic Church suggests that there is an immortal soul given to the fetus at conception or a few days after, and that somehow this immortal soul continues to live for all eternity, the idea that a human comprises a soul which is superior to the body and therefore older than it, according to Plato, which became ingrained in the philosophy of the Roman Catholic Church. It is that notion that changes the answer to the question, when does life begin? To make this distinction even clearer, I'm coding from foxnews.com. Pope Benedict said Monday that embryos developed for in vitro fertilization deserve the same right to life as fetuses, children, and adults, and that that fight extends. To embryos even before they are transferred into a woman's womb. So let me translate that. Pope Benedict goes even further and explains that the Roman Catholic position on when does life begin. occurs even before an embryo, an egg, is implanted in the uterus of a woman. And furthermore, that all embryos in the scientific world, which are kept in deep freeze for future use. Future potential implantation into a uterus. Or maybe never used. All, according to Pope Benedict, all embryos have the right to life the same as a child or an adult or any human. So let me be clear. The position of the Roman Catholic Church violates the direct position of the Jewish Talmud, the rabbinical translators of the Old Testament. Christians are quick to defend Jews. Nowadays, 
you're most likely to get harassed by Christians about your comments, negative or otherwise, about Jews. Simply because Christians believe that they need to protect the Jews at all costs. So why is it that the Christians, Protestants, and Catholic Christians alike disagree with the right of life view of the Jewish church, of the Jewish synagogue, of the Jewish religion. Let me be clear. The truth, although hidden, is knowable. We cannot go through life pretending as if we can pick and choose what we want to believe. And if we believe it, it becomes the truth. And if we don't believe it, well, then it's just worthless. The truth does not change on a whim. The truth, as spoken by Jehovah, God, the one true creator, God, is the same truth spoken by Jesus the Christ. The Word of God is one. And we must make sure that we don't transplant and replace the Word of God with the Word of man. For in vain do you worship me, Jesus said, because you teach for doctrines the commandments and traditions of men. The reason why the Supreme Court ruled back in the 1970s in favor of rights and the privacy of a woman to have the right to make decisions about life and when does life begin in private under the consultation of her doctor, her rabbi, her pastor, her priest. But the right of a person to privacy is the issue, not the question of When does life begin? The question of when does life begin is not part of Roe v. Wade from a legal point of view. What has happened is that the tide has shifted. Populous opinion has shifted. But just because the majority of any organization, any group believes or doesn't believe in some inalienable right doesn't make it go away. Doesn't make it true or false. The majority or the minority do not make something true. Truth is based on the Word of God. Period. Natural law occurs because we believe in the words of Creator God. Natural law occurs in nature because of nature's Creator. It doesn't occur randomly. It doesn't occur by happenstance. The Bible, the Word of God, is clear. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God.
in the Hammurabi Code, which, according to most archaeologists, predates Moses. We find that in a situation where there is a fight and it says, if a man strike a freeborn woman so that she lose her unborn child, he shall pay ten shekels. For her loss. Now, in our modern day society, they might, that might sound trite, but it was establishing back in the day that your property had value. It also states that this principle. is known as Lex Lex Dalianus predates Moses and was almost certainly the way such disputes were resolved before the Exodus a miscarriage is obviously much more tricky since there's no guarantee the other man has a pregnant wife the hammurabi code solved the problem with a fixed payment So we must understand that even before the Mosaic Code, the Mosaic Law handed down by Moses, which he received from Jehovah God on Mount Sinai, we have an understanding within the codified writings, which later became part of Babylonian law the idea that you must provide payment for property but for a life you must pay with your own life and so we see that even in the early Levitical Jewish law handed down by Moses from God that if a woman was in the fight between two men and she was injured so that she lost her fetus the man who was fighting had to pay a price monetary price but if the woman lost her life he paid with his life regardless of how theologians try to twist the verses of the bible it is very clear that the tradition found within the talmud is based on the biblical scripture this fact is overlooked by most theologians whether they're roman catholic or protestant and like i said before if you don't ask the right question you'll never arrive at the true answer it is imperative that we set aside our emotions 
that we set aside our preconceived notions, our preconceived ideas as to what we think is right and wrong, and instead base the truth on the Word of God to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. We must be ready to discard all information which does not coincide, which does not agree with the plain statements of God. The Word of God is very, very deep. It has to be studied in order for us to arrive at the truth. Regardless of your personal opinions, regardless of whether or not you think something might be right or something might be wrong, we must base our beliefs on the Word of God itself. Anything else is a lie. Anything else is treason. You have been listening to The Dark Light. Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about The Dark Light podcast. We would love to have you here each and every day to discover the light in the darkness. Thank you.